Welcome to the Immerse Podcast, where we look at God's Word to see why it matters for us today. Welcome back to the Immerse Podcast. My name is Keith, and I'm joined by James. And wherever you're listening to us, whether it's in your car or your house or wherever, we're so glad that you continue to listen to our podcast. And we are still within the confines of the Corona COVID-19 pandemic, but we're continuing on and we're talking about things that are actually recently in the news. I don't know if you heard this, James, but in the U.S. news that I follow, of course, um, a a guy called Kanye West, if you're familiar, everybody's familiar with him, but he recently made a uh, statement that look out, you know, for the microchip because that's kind of you know, there's no turning back. You're not going to heaven if you get the microchip put in. And then uh, very quickly, a guy called Hank Hennegraff, who has a, a, a podcast, a radio show, kind of went in and said, no, that's not exactly, you know, scripturally how it works. But it's just interesting with COVID-19, what we're talking about has become very commonplace and water cooler conversations. You know, it's it's something people oh, are talking about. I think they're about. banned at the moment. Shared water sources. Yeah, shared wa- no water cooler conversations. <laughs> Don't take that literally. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're in the middle of this and we're continuing on. And today we're in Revelation 9, uh, the second half. And so James, if you could read uh, 12 through 20 and then we can get started. Yes. So Revelation 9 verse 12 says, The first woe has passed. Behold, two woes are still to come. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number. And this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. They wore breastplates, the color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur. And the heads of the horses were like lion's heads and fire and smoke and sulfur came out of their mouths. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails for their tails are like serpents with heads and by means of them they wound. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, nor give up worshipping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's hard to read, really, but, you know, and, and several years ago when the world was a bit more peaceful, um, and, and I know that there's always wars in the world, so I hate to downplay any suffering that people have gone through, but this pandemic that we've seen, uh, literally, worldwide, people are shut up in their homes. Things like this seem a little more possible these days. You know, when you think about something worldwide happening and it's just it's just amazing to me at the start of 2020 i had no idea this invisible little virus thing would literally cripple the economy of the world the people unemployed out of work where's money going to come from how are we going to continue on so 
Mm, yeah, I think you're right. People are at least more more open to the possibility that stuff like this is a reality and it's not just some like hooky-kooky story right? in some odd book tagged on the end of the Bible, you know? So yeah, I think you're right. People are more open to this truth. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, what we would see as a, as a truth, you know, that, yeah, stuff like this is not just... Uh, what's the right word? I was going to say Myth. science fiction, but uh, like apocalyptic fiction kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we've got a lot of stuff to unpack, and we'll just kind of work through it. So, if you've if this is the first time you've listened to Immerse podcast, um, just to kind of fill you in, if you're not familiar with this story or this book, Revelation. We're in the middle of the tribulation, the time that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, the time in the book of Daniel that's talked about. Specifically, I think today, Daniel chapter 11 relates a lot to what's happening today. So as we go through here, um, there have already been judgments executed on the world. And so now we come to Revelation 9:13. Six angel blew his trumpet and... Uh, there's the golden altar there that I believe we've already seen several chapters ago. Yeah, we talked about the. This is where the prayers of God's people rise, right before um, as incense, which is quite a nice yeah image compared to uh, this voice coming from the altar saying to the sixth angel, you know, off you go and release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates, and they come out and kill a third. So, but James, uh, that also brings up another yeah. great point. How can such a loving God that can hear the prayers of his people and take the worship and we have this great relationship be one of judgment? Oh, my gosh. That's the age-old question. That's the elephant in why, the room. Why, why did you mention that when we were chatting before? Oh, yeah. by the way, it might throw in no, I mean, the question. It's, it's a very difficult question, is, but, but I think it? the easy way to reconcile it is, is that if God wasn't 100% just, he couldn't be God. If there was one ounce or one, I guess, gram of sin in God, he wouldn't be God. Not as the Bible teaches that he is God and as a, a Christian with an orthodox, I just mean right and proper, I don't mean right. incense, right, right, right. bearded brothers. Right. You know, if you, <laughs> Nothing wrong with beards, though. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> but yeah, the, the historical and orthodox understanding of the God of the Bible yeah, you, he can't be that person, like you said, if there's just an ounce right. of sin. Gonna be the, the love and the justice, and yeah, it's, it's, it's quite tough. deep stuff, yeah, isn't yeah. it? How can a loving God deep. allow this kind of stuff? Yeah. It's, or even, it's not just allow it, is it? It's uh, release the four angels who are bound there. And then the explanation in the next verse is that they've been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, the year to do this. So it's not just like, oh, it's an unknown consequence of releasing those angels because if God is totally sovereign he's knowing what's going to go on anyway but you can't say oh he's just yeah, I guess he's allowed it he's actually declared that they should be released well I believe James in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 it talks about a battle that's happening now this is not something that was only confined to the book of Job or confined to the book of Revelation in the future now there is an external, unseen battle going on between, you know, the powers of darkness and God. And so we're in the middle of it. You know, when we believe in Jesus, it doesn't mean our lives are perfect. I, I identify with Paul when I say I'm the worst of sinners. 
I mean, just every day when I have a thought or I catch myself, you know, thinking something or going in a certain direction, I'm like, man, what is wrong with me? You know, and I identify with what Paul said in Romans where he said, what a wretched man. I'm, what is wrong with me? You know, I can't stop this. And so that's, that's explaining that we live in this sort of atmosphere that there is good and evil happening. So mm, I think, sorry, just when you were talking, that made me think of, I think it was John Lennox who said something loosely, you know, like if you had some supernatural goggles on, you would see all of this stuff going on, raging around you, basically. Yeah. Not th- this particular, I'm not saying that you would see these four angels who are bound. Right, of course. You know, this the particular thing, but you would see this kind of stuff going on all around you, and it's a very... I'm getting people mixed up now. I think it was John Len- John Lennon John Lennon no John Lennox. <laughs> John Lennon didn't say that. John Lennox, not the round glass, no, the glasses. No. John Lennox, who said that, and then I think it was N.T. Wright who talked about. It was a very Puritan idea that actually heaven and earth, the natural and the supernatural, are very very separate and distinct. And then we talked about this a couple of weeks back. Yeah. That actually, it's it's one and the same, and yet we don't perceive. Yeah. So we need those supernatural. We would we would need the supernatural goggles, but all this stuff's going on anyway. So I don't know if it's too early for a takeaway, James, but if you're listening, how different would your life be if you realized and had those goggles? How would you change every decision you make throughout the day knowing that there's angels around you fighting for you and there's angels fighting against you? And I don't want to sound like the little angel on both shoulder thing, but... Quite literally, there's Ephesians six twelve. I think is a good verse to say that there's powers of darkness. There's a battle going on every day for for what we're. Uh, yeah, I think we talked about that. maybe I'm getting flashbacks. We talked about this the other week. You know, yeah, we, we did. Uh, angels help followers of Jesus and Hebrews one fourteen. They are they not angels? Uh, not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. So again, if you had these supernatural goggles on, you would see maybe there's one sitting next to you stopping you saying stupid things. Maybe there's one driving with you in the car. Maybe there's one... You just... just It's interesting to me, James, that people never... People always associate bad things that happen. Satan, Satan's here. It's it's Satan. It's got to be Satan. It's got to be Satan. (laughs) Not today, Satan. When people have a moment of pride or they have a moment of selfishness or those other things that we kind of don't like to talk about, nobody ever says, man, Satan's jumped in the situation here. And mm. so I think it's, it's good to be very keen about the spirit world. And, and I've heard lectures before on cultures of the world that there are certain cultures of the world that are more in touch with the mm-hmm. spirit world yep. than others. So if you go to some countries in Africa or Asia You'll find cultures now, they may not be believers in Jesus, but they're well aware that there is a spirit yeah, exactly, world. Yeah. Whereas but, we in our, mm, you know, that's, Western Yeah, that's mind, what I was meaning. Yeah. This, this post-enlightenment society that we live in where you can think your way through everything and rationalize everything and put it in its own little intellectual academic box. And again, it was some other podcast I was listening to in the car, either John Lennox or N.T. Wright, saying if you go to these, uh, what would try not to be rude uh what you would often hear of as a third world developing less affluent not had the sort of wide access to 
higher education you know, a society where people don't all assume they're going to go to university and get a degree and do this, 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 places where that's not as prevalent. Right. They're generally much more in touch with the truth that uh, the natural and the supernatural kind of intermingle and whatnot. Right. And they're much more readily willing to admit the presence and influence of uh, spirits, demons, angels, whatever word they want to use they're much more concerned with that world entering into their world sure kind of thing yeah and we need to learn a little bit from that i think yeah that we could that everything doesn't really need to be rationalized and thought and put in a little academic intellectual box right yeah but it sounds so nice and neat to me i mean personally just from knowing that all my life I desire for everything to fit perfectly, mm. you know, but sometimes we don't need that. We need to let God take control and lead our lives. Well, that's kind of the culture that we've both grown up in, is it not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you kind of appreciate this. Oh, we put it in a box and you get your plan and you do this, this, this. But then, yeah, like you said, everything can pr probably be, but does it really need? Yeah. Does it really need to be? rationalized and thought about and so the the angels here uh that we're talking about so first of all i have a few comments james and maybe you can interact with this first of all the preciseness of this section of scripture blows me away first of all we've got the river euphrates mm. now if you're living in the west and you're listening to this and you think yeah i've never heard of that before not a big deal it's just a biblical thing kind of a fairy tale thing if you're from anywhere in the middle east or you're from Iraq and know about the Euphrates, as they call it in Arabic, Ooh. that is a real nice. river. Nice. The Tigris River that runs right through Baghdad is a real river. And probably those who served in the military and had to serve a tour in Iraq would know that as well. But primarily, I think a lot of the people read this and they don't really identify with it being a real place. But there's... It's a, well, it's a real place. And it's, it comes up so many times yes. in Genesis. Yes. So many times. It was the end, it was the border of the of Israel's, God's people's given promised land. Right. Uh, it was, so I read it was uh, where the first sin was committed. Genesis chapter 2. Sorry, I've got too many little sticky notes. Yeah, Genesis 2. Uh, 10 through 14, a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden there it divided became four rivers. So it's, it's there where all this happens. Uh, the scene of the first murder, Genesis 4, 16, says uh, Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden, where this river was. There's revolt there, there's uh, war there. There's So it's a real place. So, yeah. And so then you look at, so you've got the river Euphrates, then you look at the angels, and this is debatable, and I by no means ever want to sound extremely dogmatic about small points that maybe aren't as significant as the, 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 the sense of the whole passage. But when we look at the angels here, a couple of ideas and comments that I have, James, is that never in Scripture do you see angels from heaven bound. Um, they seem to have authority to come and do things, uh, whether it's announcing to Mary uh, that you're with child, whether it's any time that angels have appeared, you never see them bound. However, in Jude chapter, Jude chapter, Jude the 6. Chapter, the chapter of Jude. Yeah, Jude <laughs> verse 6, 
you Would you, you say Jude verse 6 or Jude 1 verse 6? I don't know. I see people doing both. Oh, it's in Jude 1 verse 6. Well, there's only one. Do we need to say one? To chase a rabbit here, I love how uh, you say 1 Corinthians. Have you heard that 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians instead of 1st? But a lot of people say 1 Corinthians or when there's a 1 and a 2 in a book, they'll call it a 1 versus 1st. Have you heard that before? Yeah, I'm never, uh, never really sure what to make of it because I I think I've heard N.T. Wright say that, and that's where oh, I heard that. Oh, well, then there's some credibility. He's very eloquent. There's some credibility there, is there not? Because if you think, if you look at, like, the Greek New Testament, it's to the Corinthians, A. Yeah. And to the Corinthians, B. B, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what we should start referring to. Yeah. As. We would be so biblical then, James. We would, yeah. In the, in the what, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, A... <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Let's open anyway. up today with Paul's. Uh, to <laughs> Can you imagine? We're going to start a new study in church, and it's going to be in um, Paul's letter to Timothy A. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jude. Jude 6. And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. That's a really good point. So we here we see in Scripture, we see angels that are good angels, never bound. And here we see in this verse, not chapter, we see uh, bad angels bound and then released to do judgment. And so so the four angels come out of the river Euphrates. I've, never, I've taught through Revelation a couple of times. I've written a blog come book about it and never really put that together because it doesn't say so yeah but like you said when you take a step back and kind of piece things together through the whole continuous narrative of the word then yeah that makes perfect sense but I never never looked at that i never read that and thought oh, i wonder if even if they're they're obviously high ranking because they've got quite a very important job but maybe high ranking is the wrong term they're prepared for this particular judgment so whether they are good whether they are bad they're still serving god's divine purpose and i think i kind of left it there but that's a really good point that angels are never bound bound yeah other than in jude six (laughs) (laughs) chapter six so we've got the angels we've got the euphrates and then we have precise language uh have been prepared for the hour the day the month and the year there's there's nothing more sovereign than God's command, God's voice, God speaks the world to existence. We serve an awesome God, and that's a proper use of the word awesome. It is. And and the fact that this is so precise indicates that you can verify it. You, it's hard to verify things that aren't precise, but when things have absolute precision, like talking about the absolute river Euphrates, not just some fictional name that doesn't exist yet, but it may in the future. It's hard to verify that. And I think that's the thing about Mm. prophecy is we look at this being kind of prophetical in a sense and that it's future. We don't know it now. We can verify it just like we could verify the things about Jesus and Isaiah. So precise, riding on a donkey, palms, so Mm. many different symbols. Then you talk about the uh, amount of people uh, that were released to kill a third of the mankind. First of all, I believe it was, I think we talked about this right before we started, James, that um, several uh, podcasts back, we talked about a fourth of the world's population being killed. I forgot the exact reference in several several uh, chapters back, we talked about that. 
Yeah, back when we were talking about the seals. So that's already a judgment that's happened. So one-fourth of the world has already been wiped out. So now we're talking about from the remainder, the three-fourths, a third of them. So I'm not a mathematician. Is that like a half? I'm struggling to work out what a third of three-quarters is. Yeah, that's... It'd be another quarter of the whole. Would it? I'm (laughs) not a mathematician. So one-third of three-quarters must be one quarter of the whole. That's and that's Oh my gosh. There's something prophetic. <laughs> <laughs> Getting some mathematics done. Okay, so that's a, if it's we're a tentatively lot of saying that, it's still a lot, a lot, a lot of people. And really interestingly, before when these uh locust appearing horse riding what we said were demons came out, they were out to deceive and make people want to die. Right. Now they're coming out, and it's just really plain, isn't it? Really clear. Like 200 said, million. Be prepared for the hour, the day, the month, the year, and they're released to kill a third before they're tormenting, and now it's getting even worse because they're just released to kill. And like you just said, there's 200 million uh, mounted troops who logically I would suggest are probably under the direction of those four. Right. Would you say? It seems like that. And, you know, James, a few years ago, there was a, well, there's been many films made. I think recently, was it 1917? Uh, about the world war two. Oh, I see what you did there. Right, right, right. It's <laughs> it's a recent <laughs> recent film. Something from nineteen seventeen is quite recent. Like, no. No, 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 it's not. Okay. No, the, is, was it called nineteen seventeen? That film about the uh, British troops and uh, Pro- World War One sounds quite. So plausible. you've got that film. You've got a lot of these films, Saving Private Ryan. A lot of these films that have been made, and the films depict a horrible scene of just bodies everywhere. You know, you're sort of walk, walking through, going to your destination, and you're tripping over, and the stench and the horrid nature of death. Can you imagine how many people just dropping all over the place? Well, if we're given a rough one quarter of the Earth's population, at the moment it's what, seven point something billion? billion. So if you round it up for ease, that'd be a quarter of eight billion would be two billion people so that's about i'm quite liberal with our maths but it'd be about the entire populations of india and china yeah can you imagine that just gone yeah and i've been to india and you go to delhi and get on the the metro thing and it's crowded there's a lot of people there i didn't didn't have time (laughs) so if you if you just think about that many people just the stench the the atmosphere in the world which kind of brings us to something that you wrote on the blog post and Well, before we say that, at the very end of this kind of, uh, you know, there's a description of the army, but then it says the rest of the mankind who were not killed did not repent. And I just think, connecting this in my mind, man, you look at the horrid death. You look at this just, I can't imagine the scene. I mean, here John's trying to do the best he can to describe it in the language that he had. But with all that taking place, you not realizing Jesus is Lord. Yes, something is up. Yeah. Yeah, even if, like you said earlier, people are more open to uh, this kind of stuff because our generation has had it pretty good. Like our parents and grandparents grew up in depressions and world wars and this, that, and the other. Our generation 
probably not as bad if you've been really objective all this stuff's happening right now so people are more open to the suggestion that we're not the pinnacle of existence and that there is bigger higher deeper forces afoot so you see all of this and you still you still don't realize that something is something's up something didn't repent of you know like a a quarter of the people a third of the people who were left are now dead all the christians you've ever known fully regenerate born again holy spirit indwelt believers they've disappeared a little while back so all the christians you've ever met have gone a quarter of the world's gone then a third of everybody who's left has gone you might you you must join these dots and think oh my gosh something is something's wrong and if you're if you're very atheistic and modern and postmodern and you think well you know this is kind of a fairy tale how can i know that this is going to happen in the future i would repeat what a great professor of mine said called james allman he said what god has done in the past is both a model and promise of what he'll do in the future but he's too creative to do the same thing twice yeah i love that i mean i i just repeat it all the time and the thing is as we've read the old testament and we've heard all the things that have happened, the prophetic events that have happened precisely, and mm. they're recorded in history, especially culminating in Jesus coming to the earth and all the prophecies that were fulfilled through Jesus. How can we not look at this? I mean, you just kind of have to do the math. Get a whiteboard, get a marker, and start writing it down. Okay, if this happened, then this happened, and then this, of course we can trust this word in Revelation because all these other things have happened. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. as your as your takeaway, James, um, and 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 the blog post that you wrote, uh, you really kind of said, application for us: be mindful of what God is doing in your life. If you're not a believer in Jesus, now is so much more a time to do the math. Like, man, there really is a God. He really loves me. He always has. He always will. He's pursuing me. Now is the time of salvation to surrender my life to Jesus. If you are a believer, you have to really listen to the voice of God and pay attention because there are times when, you know, it's time to stop. And I think that was what your application was. Yeah, I think it's just like we've kind of touched on, I would suggest it's just being aware of what God is doing in your life. And like you just said, if you are a believer already, then if you've kind of drifted away from being a bit more mindful of what God's doing in your life than kind of turn yourself re what's the right word refocus yourself realign yourself and if you're not then again like you've already said what is going on at the moment is proof and evidence that humans are not the pinnacle of uh, life and existence and whatnot in the universe are they because this has been We've been, what, coronaring for about six months? Yeah. That's a long time, James. Yeah, I know. Think of how long the world economy has been on its... Think about all the the, the airline companies that have just lost billions mm-hmm. and billions of dollars or pounds. That's a lot of money. And so you just don't jump and restart. So I really think there's going to be an economic... Not to get off on a tangent here, but 
Just think about the repercussions of this pause in the world and, and all the massive devastation this has done. Mm-hmm. That's a fraction of well, what's we, like, going to happen. We both know people here, don't we, in our uh, different yet overlapping circles who are starting to lose jobs, maybe losing jobs, because there's no... Not that there's no money, but, you know, it's it's not... Things aren't the same. Right. Money's not coming in. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And then... We both know that if you if you live here, if you're living overseas, you lose your job and you lose your right to be, be there. here. And there's right. no handouts for you. So, like, if you lose yours or I lose mine, we also leave the country. Right. And then there's just a it's just a, this big cascading thing of like we know people in all walks of life here who it's affecting. Yeah. Yeah. So you wrote, James, and I think, you know, I want to say, James, that I don't think you reach a pinnacle of your Christian faith where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm immune to any, uh, you know, uh, deviation from the plan of God. I'm so focused. I'm, I've arrived. I don't think it's like that. I think that just like if Paul, the apostle Paul, wow, who wrote, you know, majority of the New Testament, who experienced all he did, can kind of say, I'm the chief of sinners how much more should we also say, yeah, we're not always focused on Jesus. So you wrote, if you're getting, I, I really like this. You said, if you're getting pushback on something persistently and progressively, it might be time to stop. Yeah, that's too polite. That's too British. It's, it's really good, though. It's, it's very to the point. And the thing is, is you can really love God. You can really be serving God in the middle of a great moment. Perhaps you've been sharing your faith a lot or you've been inviting people to church and just you're doing what God wants you to do. And that's the moment when you have to be the most on guard, I believe, because that's the moment where Satan wants to stop the progress. And so Mm. it could be that selfishly or pride creeps in and suddenly you want to start doing your own thing Mm -hmm. when God's saying, no, hey, listen to what I'm saying. Stop. Do my thing. Yeah, do my thing. (laughs) So I think that's a great takeaway from today. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Taking this uh, end of the world style stuff and putting it in the today. I think that's what our friend says at the introduction to our podcast. Yes. Looking at God's word and seeing why it matters for us today. Because yeah. it'd be easy to read this stuff and kind of think, oh yeah, very good. Yeah. This is going to happen probably after I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> probably after I'm dead. But, you know, what if it doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. What if all the Christians in your life disappear and you're left you want to know what's coming and you want to know how to negotiate and navigate yeah although the easier thing would be to uh accept who jesus is what he did yeah now and then we would assert that the bible teaches that you won't live through this yeah so and not only would you uh have that guarantee that in the future you won't suffer you'll be kind of raptured out of the world and caught up in the air with christ but the glorious thing is today your life is going to be filled with joy and you have an answer to the sin problem because think about it if you don't have jesus in your life how do you deal with sin you can't you're in prison you're probably not bothered because you probably don't even recognize it as sin so you you it's even more dangerous because you're you're drowning you don't know you're drowning yeah yeah stuff like that a walking corpse as ephesians says oh wow (laughs) that's a nice end note yeah all you walking corpses out there stop it (laughs) (laughs) wake up (laughs) well james i look forward to next time when we 
jump yeah. into chapter 10. Chapter and 10. I wish I could say, James, that we're going to talk about great things, but we're going to be in the little tribulation here for a little bit longer. A little bit longer, yeah. Yeah, so. Well, thanks for listening to the Immerse podcast. And as always, we would love for you to uh, like, subscribe, make great comments, help promote our podcast to others so that the word can get out to many.